0: Welcome back to another podcast episode. And if you haven't noticed, the title of this actually moved from Concrete CEO to the Contractor CEO podcast. The main reason that I did that is even though I'm in concrete, the things that I talk about I realize really apply to all contractors from sales, marketing, accounting, etc. And that is the reason why I named the podcast and also just the general audience that we serve. So I'm excited. To let's blow up this community. But without further ado, I want to just talk a little bit about what this podcast is is all about. In today's episode, I asked my subscribers on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, what are some of the things that challenge them the most in business and what stumps them so that way I can do a podcast episode basically answering all those questions. So with that being said, let's get into the first question. Jay, what do we got here? How much do
1: you spend on marketing a year and how much revenue does that bring in and how much of that revenue is actually profit? Thanks, Nick.
0: Cool. So basically, just asking about like how much money I spend on marketing and what does that bring in return. This is a super common question and it's also very important. And uh, I love talking about this. So I'm actually really happy that's the first question. For me in my business, at least in my concrete business, um, I spend about ten thousand ish dollars a month. Sometimes that's as low as eight. Sometimes that's as high as thirteen. It kind of fluctuates. Honestly, I spend whatever it takes to keep the crews busy. But in return, I have a three to three and a half million dollar a year concrete company. So um, to me, that's well worth it. So I guess what is the math on that? That's if I spend, if I spend, say, $120,000 a year and I'm getting three million bucks, that's almost, that's only about like four ish percent of my revenue. Um, and what I will say to preface all this is a lot of newer companies think that they only need to spend 4% of their expected revenue on marketing. And actually what I've seen is it's actually closer to 10%. The reason mine's at 4% is because the longer and longer that you un- go in business, the more referrals you get, um, the more known you get in the community, and the bigger brand that you build, the easier it's going to be to generate leads for lower costs. So if you're newer, I would say closer to 10% of expected revenue. If you're more seasoned, 3 to 4% of expected revenue on marketing. So that's it for the number one. What do we got? What else we got?
1: What is the most consistent way to estimate man hours on a job?
0: Man, that's also a great question. So estimating man hours for a lot of you guys, one, if you do cost per square foot, don't do that anymore. Just FYI, I have a webinar coming up August 13th. I'm going to be breaking down my exact pricing strategy. So click the link in the uh, either show notes or the YouTube description. It depends on what platform you're listening or watching this on. Um, But with that being said, one of the most important things to estimating is estimating how long something would would take, aka man hours. So if you estimate, for instance, that a job takes three days, but it actually takes five days, more than likely you are not going to be profitable, especially when it comes to net income. You might make a gross profit, but you might not make a net income. And so those are vastly different. And I don't want to get too far in this rabbit hole because it's a really long question. But just to keep this answer as short and sweet as possible estimating man hours all comes down to your experience and past data so if you're brand new in business there's really not that much that you can do other than just giving it your best shot you might even want to try to call around um, join a community like for instance that's why i have my concrete ceo mastermind there's other people in there that can help you answer these questions if you're more experienced and you don't know the answer to a question, maybe it's because you're not tracking your jobs. So what we do after every single job, we track exactly how many man hours a project takes. So that way, if I go to do a bid in the future, I'll know roughly how long that job took me. Say for instance, for like a driveway, I can tell you almost down to a T what my production rate is. So it all comes down to tracking and really just using past data to make better uh, future guesses, I guess. So that's the best way that I could answer that in a short way. So um, what else we got?
1: How to build a confident team without them leaving, hu- having huge egos.
0: How to build a confident team without having huge egos. Um, Man, thats uh, I really like that question. I mean, for me, I think it's all about what you allow as an owner. Um, one, you want to breed confidence because you want your guys to be able to do things without you, right? Because if your business depends on you for everything, and I'm talking everything, whether it comes to prepping a job and pouring a job, even on the back end, answering phones, invoices, etc., if you never, I guess, give someone the confidence that they could do this, kind of hype them up a little bit, then you're never going to get away from doing every single thing in your business. So I think just complimenting people and giving them appreciation for the work that they're putting in goes a really, really long way. So that's number one. And then the other thing is, you know, everything always starts from the top. So if you as the owner have an ego, you're going to show that that is accepted. So I think being an owner, it all starts with you. You have to be humble. You have to be appreciative of of other people's work. You have to set the tone. And you also have to call out behavior that isn't acceptable. So if you have someone who's not being a part of the team, that's all about, you know, pulling them aside, saying, hey, that's not acceptable, man. It's not making people feel comfortable. And just staying firm, because that's the thing, even if I get this question all the time where people might have a really good worker, but they're not a good culture fit. And I'm telling you, if you let that person stay in your business for too long, the rest of the team it's going to be brought down. It's not worth it. So culture fit over everything, in my opinion.
1: What percent of leads from Facebook ads do you actually close on?
0: Man, from Facebook ads, we don't close on a very high percentage but that's to be expected. So for us, we probably only close anywhere from like five to 12%, depending on the type of year or time of year, Uh, maybe less in slower months and uh, higher in summer months. Um, So my closing percentage on Facebook is actually not that much, but that's to be expected. And honestly, with the cheap lead costs, um, we don't really need that high of a cost per um, conversion. Also keep in mind, that's me and my market and my pricing. Sometimes other people, they might be really competitively priced and they can win way more projects. So it's all about how you build your business and kind of what you want. Do you want more volume and have less margin or do you want less volume but high margin projects? For me, I like the latter. But again, for you, that's all about how you want to build your business.
1: What would you say to someone just starting out?
0: Man, for starting out, um, you know, no matter what type of contractor, most people, the typical way that they get into business is this, they're working for someone else or they're in the trades. Um, and over time, they get really good at their project. They get tired of, uh, they get tired of working for someone else. They want to go out on their own. They want to make more money, et cetera. And they're really good at the trade itself, but what they're not good at because they haven't been predispositioned is the business side of things, and when I say the business side of things, I'm talking about marketing, sales, accounting, etc. And I don't want to say this to offend anyone, but that side of the business is the harder, as far as intellectually, than the work. It's actually easier to find someone that can do the work piece, in my opinion, than it is to find someone that can do the business piece of your actual uh, of your actual business. So, if you're just starting out, a lot of you are going to be really tempted to focus on the work, how do I find workers, how do I find subs, all that stuff is important. But my opinion, if you don't know how to market and know how to sell, know how to like price projects, if you don't know any of that stuff, that is like what is going to be your biggest downfall as a business owner, because then the only way that you're gonna be able to make up for the lack of leads is to essentially lower your prices, you're not ever gonna have enough margin in there to like buy, uh, you know, help or like support staff, Um, and man, so if you're brand new, what I would do is invest as much as you possibly can into learning how to get leads, how to close those leads and how to make sure that you're pricing for profit.
1: All right. Next question. How can I get more work?
0: How can I get more work? This is a little bit redundant, so I don't want to spend too much on this, but to me, this is a really simple one. I mean, marketing, like it's as simple as that. And if you don't have money for marketing, then you may have a pricing problem. Because that means that you're not pricing high enough to include marketing in your budget. Marketing is just an expense that every business has to have, and you shouldn't be ashamed to have it. So one, if you have money, obviously invest in the marketing. If you don't have money, it probably means your pricing's off, and you might have to invest some money in marketing up front, get more leads, close the same amount of deals but for a higher margin, and that's how you reverse that cycle.
1: What is your Facebook ad strategy? Leads, messages, age, and radius, et cetera.
0: You know, for Facebook ads, um, I get this question a lot. A lot of people think just because Facebook, you have the ability, like for instance, Facebook, you have the ability, if I wanted to only target the top 5% of income earners, I could technically do that. If I wanted to target people who like home improvement pages, I could do that. Um, There's so many different things that you can do on Facebook, but in my opinion, people are getting way too caught up in the weeds as far as what are called demographic targeting. And- Facebook is built I mean i don't know if <laughs> I don't know how you guys feel about this, but Facebook's always tracking us, so i don't know if you've noticed, but when you're talking about something, all of a sudden you're going to add for that on your Facebook feed and so what I do is I allow Facebook to work on my behalf, so what I do is I actually keep a very broad range of terms. All I do is I target based on age. I make sure people are minimum like 35 because if you're under 35, you probably can't afford a $10,000 plus project. Not saying everyone, but odds are not in your favor. Um, So I target off age and I target off geography and the rest, I let Facebook do all of the work and optimize my ads to show people ads that they think are the best, not who I think are the best. So that's the cool thing about Facebook. Keep it easy.
1: Who's your marketing team?
0: So my marketing team, I actually have a back end team. Um, I have someone on my team named Annie. I have another like third party company that acts as consultants that works with me. Um, And then I have a assistant who actually works overseas in the Philippines. So obviously for me, it's a little bit different. Um, It might not make sense for me to answer that in my current state of business, because most likely if you're a contractor and you don't do the things that I do as far as content, podcasts, all that stuff, you're gonna have to hire out a marketing agency. Because here's the thing, even a good marketing agency like for for instance, for me, if you wanted to hire me and my team to run ads for you do SEO et cetera, that might cost fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars a month then you have ad spend on top of that and all that right so that's expensive but it's not that expensive because your only other option is to have a full-time staff and a good marketing person for paying them full time after you're talking about like you know all the taxes that you pay and all that stuff on top of that you're looking at minimum $50,000 a year. So those are really your only two options. I guess your third option is just DIY and you have to be the marketing team. But again, you know how many things can you honestly be the master of? That's kind of up to you. So up until one year ago, I hired agencies the whole entire way. Even though I knew how to do everything, I had agencies running my marketing for me. So And uh, there's a solid list. So if you need that um, and don't wanna hire me, that's fine. I actually have um, a good group of people that I could recommend to. So just shoot me a DM.
1: All right, one slab of concrete, 100 feet width, 15 feet, six inches. How much do I need to charge?
0: Man, <laughs> that question, that question makes me laugh. And the reason it makes me laugh is because it's not possible for me to answer that question for you. One, me and my business have way, way, way different costs than your business. My cost of labor is going to be different. My cost of overhead per hour is going to be different. Like say, for instance, if you live in Iowa, and I'm not saying, I don't know Iowa, but let's just say in Iowa, you could pay someone 18 bucks an hour and they could be a good finisher. For me, I have to pay 33 bucks an hour. My cost of concrete is around 165, 170 bucks per yard. Your cost per concrete might be less, it might be more. So for me, it's honestly impossible for me to answer that. And again, this is gonna be another plug. If you wanna learn all about how to do this, you have to go to my webinar that I'm putting on August 13th, again, links down below. But it's funny because I get questions like this all the time, and the the fact that I even get questions like this just shows me that you don't know enough about how your business works, because if you really wanted me to help you, I would need way more information. That would be like calling a dentist and saying, hey, I have a tooth and it hurts, what can you do to fix it? You might have a cavity, you might need a root canal, you might have an infection in your gums. There's a million different things, so it's just not enough information. I mean, for me, what is it, Jay? Sorry, it's 100 by 15? Yep,
1: 100, nope, 100 feet by 15 feet by 6 inches deep, I believe.
0: Okay, so that's 1,500 feet. So without me knowing much else, I would say around twenty-four grand. That's for me, and that's a complete guess. It could be way less, way more than that. That's just, you know, wag, what I call a wild-ass guess. So let's go on to the next one.
1: What makes your company stand out to employees that make them want to come work for you?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Cause I mean, that's the thing. A lot of people think marketing is just about getting customers. Marketing is equally as important about attracting top tier talent. So that's actually a really good question. Um, for us, one is we've been around for a long time. When you start and you're brand new, it's going to be harder to get employees because from an employee's perspective, what do they want? They want stability. They want just consistent paycheck. They want to be going into work without worrying if they're not going to have um, a situ- like a good situation you know, the next day. So one, I would say the longer you're in business, the better. Um, two, is you have to pay well. I mean, that's part of the reason too why I'm always preaching to charge high because if you charge high, that means you could also pay your employees more than competition. If you could pay your employees more than competition, that's 80% of the battle right there. They're always going to want to work for you simply just because they can make more money. So one, building a brand, two, paying more, and three, I'd say it's just about having a good culture. You know, again, treating people fairly, like um, treating them like family almost, and word always gets around, right? It's like, man, even just recently, we had an employee um, who had a couple heart attacks, like separate of each other, and it was a really, really scary situation, but people visited him in the hospital. Um, We checked in. Um, he did not opt to have short-term disabilities, so he wasn't getting paid, but the company gave him some extra PTO. It's just extra stuff like that. And again, you can't be there to support your employees if you're not charging enough. So in my opinion, it all comes back to that. But those are my top three things.
1: What is the best way to market your name?
0: Man, there's no one best way. I mean, there's, there's a million ways. I would say if you don't have something like a good website, And a really good Google Business Profile. That's the easiest. That's like the lowest hanging fruit, right? Then second is ranking your website and reviews. If you don't have good reviews, um, you know the more good reviews that you have, the easier it's going to be to sell. So I think that's those are the easiest things. Then going past that, then you got Google Ads, you got Facebook Ads. That's if you need immediate work. Um, And then over time, then you even have things like branding, like getting proper video on your website, um, getting cool ads built all kinds of stuff. So there is no one best way. There's just like a, in my opinion, you need all of it in order to function together.
1: Do you work on site or do you just hire people to work for you?
0: When I first started, it was me, Caesar, who's my business partner and my father-in-law, and we had one guy. So to start, it was literally me, Caesar, our other guy, and a Ram 2500 truck. It was a 2001. So that's all we had. We didn't have trailers. We had no equipment. We had nothing. So when I first started, I worked on the site about 80 to 90% of my time. The other 20 to 10% of my time was doing estimates, You know, coordinating with people as far as scheduling. I was also doing the bookkeeping. I had to do all that. So the first couple of years were a little rough because I was doing everything. But over time um, and now, I don't do anything on the project and not because I feel like I'm above it. I actually miss the days, to be honest, when I was out there working in the field, it was actually like almost meditative a little bit, so I almost miss it. Some people never wanna get fully out of the field for that reason, and I don't blame you. But for me, where I provide the most value to my company is about organizing the company, selling, marketing, etc. So that's what I spend my time doing because that's where I can provide the most value.
1: This person said, I feel like it would be hard to find workers. What do you do?
0: Man, we've already touched on that. Couple times. Um, the only other thing that I'm going to add to finding workers is if you're having a hard time in the very beginning, you're not going to have any luck finding workers on Indeed or any of the traditional methods because all the good, like you know, labor guys or or skilled guys, um, they're probably not looking for jobs, and if they are looking, they probably know people to call, so they're not going to be looking online. So, if it were me and I was just starting out, and this is what I did in the past, I literally drove. Like, around my neighborhood, I would drive through, you know, each individual little crevice within a neighborhood, and I would see who's doing work out there. And oftentimes, I'd just pull up to a job site, I'd pass out business cards, and I'd say, hey, my name is Tyler, I'm with this company, I'm hiring, this is what I'm paying. If you know anyone who is, you know, qualified in XYZ, this is what I'm paying, and I'm even doing a sign-on bonus. So what it made it look like is it looks like I was just asking people for referrals for their friends. But oftentimes when people would get off the job sites and if they weren't super happy, they are like, oh, I'm actually interested in stuff. So, um, you know, it also pisses a lot of people off. I can't tell you how many job sites I've basically been kicked off of because they're like, hey, you're trying to, you know, poach my employees, which I kind of was. But to me, everything's fair in business. So I didn't really care. And that's what I suggest. Just got to kind of get, uh, you got to get a little creative when it comes to finding employees, especially in the beginning. All right. That's everything that we have in today's podcast. So if you like it, please leave a review. I don't put any ads or third-party sponsors on here. So if you like the podcast, make sure to leave me a review. And if you can share this episode with someone who you think may be of benefit. Those are really the two things to give back. That would be extreme help to me. But with that being said, that's the end of the pod. I'll see you guys in the next episode.